I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, we are super excited to have Captain America. <laughs> you do look like that, Captain America. Oh, I said with the first time when he when Christian and Sadie got married, I was like, and then I found out they were going to have a baby. I was like, well, it's like Wonder Woman and Captain America get married, and of course they're going to have this super baby, which they did, who's awesome. So, welcome back to Unashamed, Christian. Well, I appreciate the intro. I think that's uh, I think that's one of the best intros you could have given me. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and he has a great podcast that is both spiritual and physical. And so, uh, Jay said, what did you tell what you said when he walked in? Well, when he walked in, I said, every time I see you, I feel like I need to work out more. <laughs> but I will say this. I've never been a workout guy. But when I hit 50, and now I'm past 50, I just had a birthday. And uh, so, I'm in my middle 50s. But So, my schedule is we're going around the country pretty much every other week. And... We work 12-hour days on that show, and uh, and contrary to popular belief, we I hunt. I am treasure hunting. Like, if it's a three-day shoot, two of those days, I will hunt 12 hours digging holes, sweating, walking miles, and what I realized is before 50, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. You wake up next morning and say, let's go, but when you get over 50, you wake up the next morning, you can't move. So I started a little, somebody said, well, you need to do a little workout regime. And so I started right, so the two days before I leave and go do a shoot, I'll put one hour in. And I didn't read it out of a book. I did. I just came up with multiple stretching. It's not, I'm not pumping iron. And there's a bike that I got Missy for Christmas that she never rode because she said it was too hard. Because I asked my friend Barrett, what to get her. That was back when she went in. She went in. She had about a three-month workout craze yeah. that died right there. <laughs> so I got her a bike. She never used it. So now I use it. And so she reminds me commonly. She's like, you basically got yourself your own Christmas present yeah. to work out on. So I ride the bike 20 minutes. But I only do this two days every other week before i go because then when i i notice that when i go dig i have more stamina yeah so i do a few push-ups sit-ups you know i got the little band you know do some of that stuff well i would argue that you're you probably burn more calories digging holes for 12 hours than i do just working out for an hour at the gym so i'm really good is what you're saying yeah you, you you're you're working out harder than i am probably oh well i'm good huh? well no wonder i'm in you got to be burning shape. some calories though, Christian, because I was down there last week and uh, this I was man gonna leave can early. eat. I'm going to tell you that right now. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> I, I stayed for Willie's hamburgers after our Facebook Live that we did. And, and Willie said, Yeah, I'm doing hamburgers. I said, Well, I might stick around for a little bit. And I, how many did you eat? I, uh, I thought I counted four. Five? Was five. five? Yeah, it was five. <laughs> and was like, so if whoa. you can eat this much because you work out and you burn the calories, that's the deal. Because if I, I eat five, so. well, if I eat five burgers, I'd throw it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think I think too, I'd probably be overweight if I ate five burgers and didn't do any kind of physical exercise. But I am yeah. still young, so I, to, to what advantage that plays me, I'm not really sure yet. From a metabolism standpoint, I'm have not you really ever sure. tried to just run through a wall just to see if you could do it? No, no, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. I I, but I have. I have thought about like if my home got invaded and the girls were inside, like could I? I think I could. I've, I've yeah. thought about that thought. I think that's a noble quality. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. If anybody could attempt it, it'd be it'd be Christian. Well, I was having this thought of if you, you know, on your show digging holes, if we could get you in just tip top shape, yeah. You know, do you think you would have more ratings if you were, you know, shirtless looking for oh looking well, for things? I, I'm sure my ratings would go down with my wife. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not doing it to on how I look. I just I I, I literally couldn't get out of bed. You want to feel so, better. Well, I just thought if I'm going to do that, I didn't ask for this many episodes this quickly, but I literally physically could not get out of the bed the next day because they're like, hey, let's go 12 hours here. I said, I'm going to have to, (laughs) I got to change something because I'm looking rest day and look at who the two guys I'm with, Jeff. Now he's since. All of a sudden, yeah, he, he started got... getting in shape. He's lost 30 pounds. And you're like, why is he doing that? Because he's with me 12 hours a day. Because every time I looked around at Jep to feel better about myself, I would see him sitting on a stump <laughs> looking very pale. <laughs> and, and we had three different shoots where Jep had to leave because yeah. he was sick. And yeah. he was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I was like, oh, I know. You're <laughs> grossly <laughs> overweight, and you're, you're trying to dig holes for 12 hours in 90-degree weather. It's called being uh, out of shape. And he's got stomach issues anyway. Exactly. So now he's getting in shape. So that's what's happening. We're not doing it for you know any kind of image thing. I think that ship has sailed. But it's more just to function in yeah. this work schedule. So maybe you can... Give me a few tips after yeah, the sure. after the podcast on on exercises. Because look, when I started, I could only do thirty push ups, but now I notice I can do forty. So and once and and just forty straight, I can drop down right now and do forty. Push-ups. That's really impressive, actually. That's pretty really. Good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, forty. That's awesome. Well, I'm feeling a that lot is, better. Uh, about that's really awesome. It's this yeah. this whole this whole podcast is just about making you feel better about yourself. Well, I didn't know because look, I've always made fun of people who work out. No offense, Christian. Don't <laughs> take it. And uh, because I'm like, what are you working out for? You know, yeah. I mean, I'll call you if I need some wood split <laughs> or. I just, I don't know, I kind of came from old school. And that's why I said I could only embrace it because I saw a need. I was like, I'm in my 50s. I'm having trouble keeping up here because I like to be the first person at work and the last person to leave. But by day three, I'm crawling to the truck to get in because it's just, it's too physically demanding. So, but I started this little regime, few push-ups, sit-ups, lots of stretching, back popping, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that's so. actually why I started a lot of a lot of the reason I started the podcast. But well, one, I was just joking about you getting in super good shape and having your shirt off in your <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> Cuz that's kind of what I'm trying to deviate from even with my podcast. Cause I think so much of fitness is so much aesthetically and I think it just yeah. to me it just breeds just idolizing, you know, how you look in yourself, which I think is super dangerous, but for me, you know, just like obviously the woods is such a great place to be to where you feel, you know, it's like a sense of a quiet time. If you go out and you're in the duck blind or you're chopping down trees or whatever, for me, I found the gym. One, it's been a cool tool of evangelism, um, just getting to talk to people in the gym. I got to baptize a guy who spotted me on bench press last year, which was cool. Um, But even two, from a physical standpoint, you know, like you said, bringing, being able to run through a wall. I think to some extent, like adrenaline would get there, but then at the same time, I would like to be physically capable to actually protect yeah. my family if, if, if something came to it. And one, I just, I, I like, um, you know, like a challenge. I like trying to see if I can lift a certain amount of weight or if I can run this time. So even just from a competitive standpoint, I've, I've found that it helps me um, 
just kind of stay disciplined. Even I think so much of my spiritual routine is benefited by me having a physical routine. That's just for me personally. I think yeah. if I'm disciplined physically, it kind of helps me spiritually. And if I'm like this, this morning, I was listening to a Matt Chandler podcast in the, when I was working out and it was super encouraging, but I'm like, if, if I'm listening to rock and roll or rap, then I just get so consumed with how I look. So I'm kind of trying to preach against, you know, just look, just working out to look good and feel better about right. yourself. But how can you, you know, serve your family better? How can you use that time to really benefit your, your spiritual life as well? Cause it's a time where you're, you know, whatever you're pouring, whatever you're putting in, that's just, that's what's going to pour out. And if you're pouring in, you know, worship or a sermon or whatever, how can you use that time to really benefit your spiritual self just as much as your physical Well, self? I love the concept. Oh, yeah. That's why I love about your podcast. Which tell, tell what's the name of the podcast? So it's called the 4-8 Men Podcast. So it's based off of uh, 1 Timothy 4-8, where Paul says that physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. So kind of taking that thing of Paul acknowledges physical training, and for people, it looks different. For you, it could be, like you said, digging holes yeah. for 12 hours a day. For me, I need it. Yeah, <laughs> need for me, it's whatever, doing a circuit or bench press or whatever. Um, so it looks different to everyone else. But he says that physical training is a sub-value, but godliness has value for all things. I think sometimes we I think, I think sometimes we don't realize that like you, like you, spiritual disciplines help you, you know, work your way towards maybe not salvation, but sanctification, right? right. So it's like if I want to be in good shape, I might not just go work out once a week. Same mm-hmm. with spiritually. It's like if I want to know Jesus more and actually have faith, I'm not just going to go to church on Sunday. So there's you know, it's Monday through Saturday. What am I doing? Am I reading? Am I yeah. worshiping? Am I praying? And I think there's – same with physical routines. I think there's spiritual things we can do that benefit our faith. So if I want to get in better shape, I'm going to go work out. If I want to be more spiritual, if I want to have you know a stronger faith, then I'm going to put in practices to read and to put in the time like I would do – for anything, for whatever hobby or whether it's, you know, duck hunting. If I want to be better at duck hunting, I'm going to go shoot skeet or I'm going to go practice or whatever. Yeah. Same with our spiritual life. It's if I want to know Jesus more, I'm going to be disciplined in putting these things into action throughout the week and not just consuming something. No. I've, I've had that same thought many times because I thought I need to work out spiritually and, you know, daily reading and, and prayer and quiet time. And, and I'm way better at that than I am physical, but... That's why I said the age had that. But all those things make sense. We found really common ground in that because I'm really competitive too. And I'm not going to lie. I have thought many times because when we go dig these holes and are looking for treasure, we're at real remote places. And the last place we went, they said, look, there's a lot of bear around. Just heads up, you know. Well, I look over at Jep and Murray and I'm like, you're good. I'm good because <laughs> if you know, ba- th- those two are snacks. I don't think we now run them. <laughs> oh, if the bear comes up, I, I mean, OJ says gone. You know? <laughs> so I love Christian that you said morbid thought. <laughs> I like it uh, that every place is a potential place of worship and spiritual growth, whether it's the gym or any place. I love that, and it's also a mission field. Mm-hmm. I mean, any place you enjoy whether you're into hunting, whether you're into working out, whatever. And so I think it's especially good uh, for young men because that's something that is a much more part of their routine, not just young men, but I, I think what you're speaking to in that is important. So I, yeah. I appreciate your well, message. And, and as a young dad too. So since we had you on the podcast last, you have another child. Uh, yeah. how, how's that going? Is everything's exciting? You got... Yep, it's been awesome. Haven got a toddler uh, now and a and yep. a newborn. Are y'all yep. keeping the H theme? You got honey. I don't know. That's Haven. a good idea. Well, so it's it's weird. I think with honey, it was just kind of like a 
thing that kind of progressed throughout Sadie's pregnancy. Then Haven, she just felt like God told her that on a plane one day. So I don't really, <laughs> they, they, neither one of them were really ever on our she list. She was close to heaven, Haven. Yeah, I they guess. do have yeah. spiritual implications. Though. Yeah, they yeah. both have spiritual implications, but I don't, I don't really know. I, I, per, I like the H on H. I think it rolls off the tongue nice, but yeah, that wasn't really planned or anything. But um, yeah, Honey is, uh, you know, she's over two now. Haven will be three months, or I guess almost four months when this comes out. Um, but it's just night and day different. Like you really see just how different babies are. Yeah, like Honey was night and day more difficult than Haven's been. It's just wild. Right. Haven has been an angel, and Honey was never slept. Uh, had colic real bad. Would yep. she'd go through ten outfits a day, and Haven, you just. Put her down. She falls right asleep. You don't I hate to, to tell you her. this. That's never going to change. <laughs> so don't do what I did because when my kid Reed and Cole were in junior high, I just one day I was so frustrated and they were both sitting down. Of course, Cole had done nothing wrong, Reed, but he was part of the come to Jesus meeting. And I said, Reed, you just, you need to, you just, you need to be more like him. And I pointed to Cole. <laughs> Which was probably terrible because then now it's like, oh, jealousy. I brought in that aspect. Exactly. You know, but uh, Cole, you know, later on would say, well, Dad, I was just way more crafty. I learned (laughs) you can conceal this a lot easier than just open rebellion. So many things about it, genetics, both things that are just hardwired into them to be different sometimes if they're more like you or the other, you or Sadie. There's so many different aspects and their and their personalities are just different. Sometimes you have to just constantly be on one of them because they're so stubborn and hard headed. Whereas the other one's much more pliable. And sometimes those will change. My girls changed. Anna was much more stubborn as a baby, but then as but then she's a firstborn, so I was probably harder on her. But then she's now one of the most compliant people ever. Whereas Alex was the other way around. Super easy young. When she hit those teenage years, here we go. Well, that's why they're so the we've ul- been button heads ever since. They're the ultimate mission field because I do think that's part of your your marriage is having these conversations about how to address each kid, you know, a little differently with the same principles applying. Right. It's just not the same, and yeah. it's never going to be the same. And uh, even Mia, we had her on the last podcast, and uh, you know what a bright bulb she's turned out to be. And, but it was just her life was so difficult with all the physical trauma and all the things. And um, you you shared it with the podcast audience. There were struggles with all that. With how oh she yeah, that was a couple everything. years, you know. And and she went through a tough season. We were kind of miss. Uh, we had a misdiagnosis on the problem because we were treating her like our two boys when they every, when all kids go through puberty and and teenagers. That's the toughest time, which that needs our most attention because mm-hmm. we all remember being teenagers but it was really more about the trauma that she had been through all those years and loneliness and it really affected her identity which is what we were talking about because uh, you know when you're sitting in recovery by yourself for six months when all your friends are at school that can be devastating for a kid I mean they're lonely yeah. they feel like something's wrong with them and so we just we weren't attacking the problem or trying to help her in the right way. And uh, fortunately, Missy had a counselor friend who, that that was the first thing. She said, I've dealt with kids like this. It's more of a post-traumatic issue. And uh, one weekend session with our whole family, and it was a catalyst for her to move to Jesus like I've never seen before. I mean, it was like, okay, this, this, is, this is where I had a lot of issues that I needed to discuss. So, you know, glory to God on that. 
So for about 10 years, uh, one of our sponsors, Patriot Mobile, uh, has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Uh, and when I say the only one, I mean it. So trust me, the, they're the only ones out there that kind of share that with us. And Glenn and the team have been great supporters of our show, which we love. And so we're proud to partner with these guys. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage. It gives you the ability to access all three major networks. So you're going to get the same coverage, but you do it without funding left-wing ideology, which is much better, don't you think, Dad? So when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment. They're also big supporters of our military, veterans, and first responder heroes, which we love that. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that makes your switching very easy. You get to keep your number, keep your phone, or you can upgrade, and their team's going to find the best plan for your needs. Go to patriotmobile.com slash phil, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. You get free activation when you use the offer code phil. So join us today. Make the switch. Patriotmobile.com slash phil. That's patriotmobile.com slash phil. Or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. So, got a big announcement. Um, It's... uh, the 15th is today, so on the 18th, next Monday, there's uh, going to be a new podcast. It's kind of a limited run podcast. Uh, Zach, what's it? What's the name of it? It'd be, it'll be called the, the, the Blind Movie Podcast. Um, so it's a, about the movie, but it, I've said this, it may be the last time that the whole family is in the, on, on screen together. Uh, we'll see, but uh, everybody's on it um, on a couple of the episodes. It'll be... We're only going to have about six to eight episodes, but we spent, what, I guess two days filming it. Um, yeah, it was very it was meaningful was- for us. We had just seen the movie for most of the episodes, the ones I was a part of. And so uh, there was a lot of emotion there. I just think it was it was really good to kind of, it was almost cathartic for me just to, having watched everything on the screen and then get to come back and talk about it in a podcast format was, it was, it was great. So I highly yeah. recommend people to check it out. Yeah. It'll come out Monday. Uh, so the way you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, it'll also be on uh, our YouTube channel. Um, but anywhere you get podcasts, I know it'll be up Monday. Um, it's the blind movie podcast. Uh, yeah, just everybody go check it out. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. Um, the, we, we filmed it. Um, it, at uh at duck commander in this incredible scenery there but uh, it's going to be really beautiful so yeah check it out it drops monday um we're probably going to just do six to eight episodes but uh, someone said uh what what is, is it going to be a spoiler for the movie um and i'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler right now in the end phil gets saved so <laughs> <laughs> it's already spoiled you know the end of the story i mean we know people know the story so this now is just talking is about spoiling some- the spoilers so we're going to send out a link so you can get signed up for our emails if you go to theblindmovie.com be sure and do that we also need you to go and listen to these episodes and rate and review the podcast on apple uh, as soon as it drops this is going to help us drive the podcast up the charts uh, and we want folks to be able to go and listen to this. And so they can get excited about the movie. So uh, be sure and, uh, and jump in there and, uh, and really drive this thing up where folks can know about it. So yeah. Christian, I, I'm curious cause you've seen the movie uh, probably maybe more than once cause your, your in-laws are 
you know, producing the film. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm curious from your perspective what you thought about it because you didn't grow up, you know, hearing the stories like all of us did. So we're so inside sometimes it's hard for us to just see it as a movie. And so what what, what do you think about it? What was, what was the impact of it to you personally? Well, personally, I just thought it was so powerful. It was, it's really cool. Um, you know, I think there's multiple layers of it. I think one, I think it's cool that, you know, it's kind of produced in-house. Like a lot of our family, Zach and Corey, really took initiative in it. And, you know, from screenwriting to producing to all the things, it's cool um, <clears throat> to have your family be so a part of it. Um, but even just the film, you know, I think there's so many things that think there's, I think there's so many things that could have been shied away from, but really to, to embrace that and, and, and to go for it. And to really see the redemption, like like you know, like you just said, Zach, there is a spoiler at the end. Phil gets saved, and I think seeing what leads up to that, I think it's um, you know, even though it, it can be hard to watch, it's relatable for so many people. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. um, you know, we all have sin. There's everyone has sinned, right? So it's just you know, I I I, I don't think anyone's going to watch it and say how could Phil do that. I think they're going to see them in their story. You know, whether it's themselves or their cousins or their their siblings or their parents, everyone has some relatable um, sense to that of just being lost and, and, just, and just being in the world. And, you know, when you're watching it, I just, I can relate to it so much just from a, you know, from a standpoint of just being addicted to something, right? Yeah. Of just being so yeah. caught up and, and not wanting anything to do with faith. And I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, seeing where Phil's life is now and, and especially his marriage and seeing all God's done you know, through that season and, and the redemption that's been brought from it. I think that's the coolest thing. I think most people that see the movie or have watched the show and seen, you know, the success that that's had and just seeing that if, if, if this period of time never got fixed, then you would not have had the, you know, the success of, you know, of, of what it had. And like, you know, you and Willie and everyone always talks about, like, there might not be a family if, if that never happened. Right. right. So just yeah. seeing, just seeing the trickle effect and just seeing the, you know, just the trajectory of, you know, what happens when one man does repent and ask for forgiveness and, and turn his life around and um, live that out as a daily thing. I think you see the culmination of what happens from a family perspective and um, even just how the community's been impacted by by that decision. So. Yeah, and we talk a lot about, you know, legacy building, what that looks like. And a lot of that is watching the kids, our kids, my nieces and nephews and Jace's, to then grow up and find these amazing people that because they had a spiritual prism that they were raised in, that someone they were looking for to then spend the rest of their life with. And Sadie obviously found you and you found her. Mm-hmm. Same with, uh, I think about Brighton, you know, Reed's wife. And just what they now bring to the collective of our family is just builds it and make it stronger. I mean, what you and Sadie are doing, not just with your podcast and your impact, but even by the time this airs, you will have just finished uh, Live Original Tour here mm-hmm. locally, which I love Sadie wanting to do that in her hometown. That was so important to me that this is like, hey, this is where we're from. Come to West Monroe. And I don't know if I told you this last time you were on, but when I was, Lisa and I were going out of town either last year or the year before on this weekend coming up for Live, Live Original. And all these young girls were coming through, and they were so excited. And I was like, must be something going on in town. And I never even realized they were all coming to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they're flying in from all over the country. And so just, you know, it, it really is. And, Dad, we've said this to you so many times before. We're so grateful for the decision that you and Mom made that then changed the trajectory 
of your kids. And now you get to watch your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids making those same decisions. Faith comes from hearing. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's just that simple. That's right. Hear it and believe it. Or you you say, how do you get to be 28? Never heard it. Right. And how do you, 28? 25. 25. 25, yeah. But uh, even too, like, you know, I'm a huge, I, I love movies and even just the cinematography of them. And the movie is really well made. It's not like, you know, you don't watch it and you don't think it's, you know, it was a lower budget a movie or whatever. Like it's, it's super legit. Like from a cinema perspective, it's really well made. And, uh, you know, the scenes that, that were shot in it are super, you know, beautiful from a wood standpoint, everything. It's, it's actually really well made. So even just from a even just from a side of the story, just watching it from a cinema perspective, it's it's, it's super cool. And I, and I love that you said that, Mia. Similar, I, I felt the same way because you grew up on movies, you know, and but good movies. I mean, well shot, great cinematography. And uh, Zach, you guys, the whole crew did an awesome job of that because it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautifully shot film uh, with some hard things that happen in the story. Mm-hmm. But I think being able to do that makes it really special. Uh, so I love it. One last thing before we take a break. So you're also uh, my next door neighbor now because your house is almost done. Yep. You're close, right? Yeah. We're, oh, trust me. We're, we're close. <laughs> they have a beautiful house. It's right, uh, right behind our place. So we, we look forward to getting to watch your kids grow up uh, from, from close by. We're, we kind of got a compound thing going. Jason, Missy are there. Will and Corey now. Uh, Sadie and Christian. And two mom and two papa and everybody else, which is a great blessing for our family. Let's take another break. So, Jays, can you feel it? Can you feel it in the air? We feel the tension in the air. <laughs> I meant, I meant, hunting season is near. Is what yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, the tension, the tension. Yeah. It's the good tension, though. It's what does Missy call it? The ordeal. The ordeal. Yeah. Cooler temperatures. People playing football and a lot of hunting. Yeah. yeah, getting all your gear ready. Dad's getting the he's getting the water regime and all the regimes ready. So uh, our friends at Barrel Buddy uh, are always there to remind us that uh, one of the things that you have to make sure as you're preparing for hunting season coming up is that your gun is at its maximum proficiency, and uh, we're all about that, both for safety, but also just for to be able to hunt and harvest what you're what you're out hunting so you see the product here if you're watching uh, they make uh, these white polymers to clean everything out of your barrel and they they cover every pistol every rifle uh, every shotgun and so they're gonna have a great product for you to be able to do that um, some of the old systems had the flaws but they come up with a really good system to make sure your gun is clean uh, and that you're a good gun owner so once you to check them out they're a good christian company as well uh, have an ongoing Bible study with a couple of the guys myself. Uh, love what they stand for. So go to BarrelBuddy.com, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com, and check them out. Get ready for hunting season. All right, so we're going to talk Bible today. That's why we're Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Uh, Thursday, September 21st, Lisa and I are going to be in Bloomington, Illinois, at the Living Alternative Pregnancy Center. So go to their website and find out if there's tickets. I don't know whether there are or not, but I love mentioning that because every time someone from Unashamed Nation that's in that area likes to come see us, so check that out. So we're in Luke chapter 12. 
we, uh, Jace, we, we introduced this. I sent Christian our notes and kind of told him where we were, so he's ready. So podcast before last. Yeah, because we we've had some guests on. Some, uh, some, uh, we have. But, uh, we did a detour. Yeah. You know, I think, I think Luke 12 and, and talking about some of the things we've been talking about, because now we're talking about money, which I had to kind of have an epiphany because I've never – like to talk about money and uh i never like preachers who preach about money and and i've kind of clarified that because there's been so many bad black eyes in the churches over leadership and the misuse of money and so and people use that for an excuse but in reality when you look at what jesus uh address really he talked about when it comes to things that can really be a stumbling block to your faith. He talked about money more than anything. He did. Mm -hmm. And uh, a third of his parables have some implication, money or material possessions, or, you know, putting your faith and trust in that. And uh, I heard a really fantastic lesson uh, by Tim Keller, which I'm a big fan of, especially in the Gospels and, and just getting the context of things. And the title of it is Money from Luke 12, but he had two signs from, from Luke 12, 1 through 34. He had two signs that you're greedy, which is gloating or worry. Uh, he had two psychological aspects of it, which is finding your security and how much money you have or possessions you have, or finding your beauty in it, which is your image. And, uh, i just kind of giving you this outline because you're going to see these things come up. And then two practical things about greed is you see people running after money or possessions and you see people storing it up. And I hit, I hit on that the last podcast that we talked about, Luke 12, because when he says watch out, and we read the text, when he says watch out in verse 15, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And it's one of the few times that a sin or or something that you're pursuing where Jesus says, watch out. And this happened when there's crowds behind him. He's speaking to his disciples, and someone from the crowd asked, Tell my brother, teacher, this is in verse 13, to divide the inheritance with me. And we really didn't get into the specifics of this, but I thought we could pick up right here. Yeah. And it was probably a younger brother, because you you rightfully kind of laid out what their system was. They would they would go to a rabbi to settle civil disputes. And even though I don't think this guy was legitimately asking for a problem. I think he was just seeing what he would say about it yep. because Jesus didn't have the right pedigree. And, you know, he just was not in the rabbi circle of respected mm -hmm. individuals among the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. But you probably can predict that this man was probably the younger brother, the older brother. I don't know what percentage they got, but they got a double portion. They got a double portion. So everybody had a portion, mm -hmm. but depend on the kids. But then the oldest always got the double, and the only reason why is because the oldest son. The reason why was because the oldest son 
then took the responsibility as a patriarch to make sure everybody was taken care of. Yeah. So that was the idea. If you had a sister that wasn't married, you know, she you know, or a widow, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so there G- were a lot of practical reasons. The behor. Yeah. yeah exactly. So Jesus, in his normal way, completely flips it on his head. I mean, he addressed it and said, "Man, who appointed me a judge?" You know, and he wasn't saying we don't settle disagreements, but he was basically saying, "That's not what I'm here for. Right. Is to divide." possessions among people. And then he got to the heart of the matter, which he discerned, which he does. He knows what's in us. And he starts talking about being greedy. That that was the problem. We we have greed going on, and who knows the details, but I think it's fair to establish that. And so then he says this, watch out. And I made a huge point about that because most people don't view themselves as having a problem with greed. Because we always compare ourselves to other other people, or we justify it. It you, you know, and 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 even Keller made a joke in his sermon. People who are having adultery, they know they're having adultery. It, it you know, Jesus doesn't say, "Watch out!" You, oh, you, everybody knows that. The reason he's saying this because greed comes in various forms, and that's why I said the uh, the psychological aspect. People will have huge savings accounts, not because they're trying to, you know, leave it to their kids or whatever, but there's a there's a temptation of greed that they feel safe in life because they have a huge bank account. And then on the flip side of that, people have spending problems, spending way out of their means because they want people to look at them and what they have and say, oh, you've made it. You're, yeah. And so that's the various forms of greed that we do with our possessions. That's right. why we have to watch out. I think that Malachi comes up. Uh, he says, you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. If you want to know about how he views, you know, his blessings, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates. He said the way out is to be very generous. I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. So he allows you to get, gain a lot. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You've said some harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have little, it is futile to serve God. What we did, we, what, what we gained by carrying out his requirements and going about the mourners before the Lord Almighty. But he just saying certainly the evildoers prosper or even those who challenge God escape. So somewhere in all of that is uh, that's a difference between robbing God and being stingy. It's It's... 
Well, even in the last verse, Phil, he says in thirty in uh, twenty one, he says, "This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but yeah. is not rich towards God." Mm-hmm. Which what a, it's a thought I'd never <clears throat> considered. What? It, how do you define being rich toward God? Yeah, that's right. That that's, that's just think about that. That's what he's nibbling on. That means godly thing. Everything's got, and you're just. <laughs> You're just being radical in how you're using your possessions and money instead of what he was doing in the parable, which was a form of gloating when he said in verse 19, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Well, that that's yeah, that sounds like gloating to me. Right. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be mercy. That would be the opposite of being rich towards God. Well, and uh, let's take another break. So, Zach, you and I found out the hard way that uh, you can have a fat liver, fatty liver, and it's not necessarily a good thing, right? You had some high liver enzyme numbers? We, we haven't. Uh, I think I was just sick. <laughs> I don't know about you, Al. Well, I was sick. And like, you, yeah, you may have found Well, I've said this before. Way. I think my fatty liver had to do with my fatty everything else, you know, because I, I don't remember the numbers being up until I gained a little bit of weight. But one thing is that's that's very serious about this is that when you have a fatty liver as an adult, uh, you're three and a half times more likely to have heart failure, according to the American Heart Association. So 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which is not good. Uh, every Your liver takes care of everything. Cholesterol, obviously alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, cigarettes, all those things will affect it, usually in a negative way. It makes it sluggish, uh, makes it hard to lose weight. You actually gain weight, you lose energy. So we have help that I have partaken in, and it has helped me. My, my liver enzyme numbers are back in good shape after I took liver health formula. Uh, it's an all-natural supplement. contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the USA, which we like. It's approved by American doctors. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula. You're going to receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula as well to help you reduce the sugar cravings. So check them out. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash unashamed and get your free bonus gift. That's getliverhelp.com. H-E-L-P dot com slash Unashed. One of the things, as you mentioned, which we haven't talked about specifically what they are, but you mentioned all kinds of greed. And it's interesting because I just did a, I didn't even do a deep dive, but I just did a surface look at this word itself, greed, and how it's used. If you go to Proverbs, greed is related to bribes that which is unfair. In other words, when you bribe somebody, you know, how's that greed? Well, it's it's unfair. You're you're paying somebody for something you don't deserve and then you're getting something back. According to the proverb writer, that's a that's greed. If you go to Jeremiah 6, Jeremiah 8, Matthew 23, even Jesus, greed is related to deceit, especially inside the spiritual all those are spiritual contexts. These are religious leaders that are not taking care of the people, and they call them greedy. So that's corruption. Then you got Paul in Corinthians and Ephesians. He uses the word greed in a context of sexual immorality. 
what I like to see. Yeah, man, when he's in, you mean in five three? Yeah. He said let he he said there shouldn't be a hint of sexual immorality. Which look, people go around and think, what does he mean by a hint? Right. I mean, oh yeah, it's they... kind of like I've said that people have asked me that. I'm like, well, you know, if I walked into my house and my wife was kissing another man, that'd pretty much be a hint of <laughs> right sexually immorality. But then he uses or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Yeah. So, so in that context, that's more of speaking to the insatiable nature of greed. In other words, it's nothing's yeah. ever enough. Right. Well, and it's right. hidden. It, it's right. it's very uh, it's deceiving. Right. So so Peter in Second Peter uses the word to talk about false teachers. Remember we studied Peter. He used greed in these secret and selfish manipulations. These of, people of these. in Malachi, they were going down a path. They were going down a path that uh, involved. You 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 store up your money on on your own. You, you God, I mean, you know that's giving in Tim too much. Yeah, I mean, so they were just taking advantage of what they should have been just. Well, being generous, right? Yeah. So, well, so unfortunately, you could have the context of somebody giving fifty thousand dollars to a kid's charity, and you say, "Boy," and the guy doing it because he's like, "Well, look at me." Yeah. Look at you. Which see what we I mean? See you Jesus could do used, something good, right? With the wrong attitude, and actually do it to give yourself an image yep. that is not godly. Right. And so the reason I bring all that up is Dad mentioned Malachi. Jesus here, we're t- Jesus is talking about money and possessions. There's no doubt about it. that's the context. But what I, well, the reason I wanted to broaden it is because greed is one of those what I call root sins that grows out a lot of stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it's why so many writers use it in so many different contexts. Same with pride. If pride is your root cause, then it's going to close you off to doing what God wants you to do, and you'll get into all sorts of things. But you got to get back to what is the root. And so in this context, the root is greed becomes the issue. And so then once – but you you called it, Jason. When that's your root problem, a lot of times you never recognize. You're dealing with all the symptoms out here on the outer edge, but you Mm -hmm. never get to the heart of what your issue is. And you mentioned it earlier, like that idea of comparison, because I think, too – and even from a Western, you know, standpoint, I mean, if reading a verse like this, I, I don't really know percentages and everything, but we're wealthier than ninety whatever percent of the whole world, you know. So exactly. I think we can say, well, we're not millionaires or billionaires, or whatever, but we're still wealthier than whatever the percentage is. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking about greed, it, it really is. And you kind of talked about a root system, like it's different for every people, right? You talked like in verse nineteen, it says, "And I'll say to myself, sit back because I can hoard it." But then there's the person who you know, like you said, out of pride, wants to spend it all to have attention, whether it's a new car or a new house or, you know, fancy clothes. Like you're not hoarding it, but you're still, it's still greedy in the sense of like, how can you get yours kind of thing? You know, so there's, it's, 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 um, it's multifaceted. I I think even too, you know, with comparison, we can say, well, at least I'm not hoarding my money, but I'm spending it all. Like there's, there's so many things like that. And I think even too, you know, the Bible here is not also saying don't be wise with your money. Like, right. you can invest your money and, you know, you don't have yeah. to. There, there's smart ways to do, but it's a different, you know, like you said, if you're saving it for your kids or for whatever, like, there's there's ways to be smart about it. But it's if it ultimately, 
you know, we're, we're going to get there in a second. But if, if, if you have so many worries around it and if that's just all consuming, then, yeah, then it is something to, to, to be aware of, to, to watch out for. Cause yeah. it, it is and he makes it clear because he says, he says, here's what greed does. It makes you, it makes your life consist in the abundance of what you have. Yeah. I mean, that's what he said you have to, you have to avoid. Mm-hmm. So whether you have a little or a lot, the heart is the same thing that goes in every time. And so that's what he's looking for. Well, I thought about every time. They had I- made it a money-making enterprise. Oh. And it was going their way. Yeah. I thought about every time I've, I've ever had to watch out, it was either if I'm walking through the woods and I'm watching out for a venomous snake – or, know, a or, or, or a bear. Or a bear or the weather. You know, I'm going out hunting. I'm watching because I'm like, well, I don't want to get in, in a storm and, and die. Or I don't want to get yeah. bit by a poison snake. But uh, Keller made a really good point. Part of that is asking questions and doing this self-inventory and holding yourself accountable. Because you do ask questions. You know, you're like, if you see a snake move in the woods, the first thing you want to determine. I had it happen this morning. I mean, the cleaning ladies were there. Missy called me. And I knew she was at home, which is a bad sign. And I answered. I said, are you not here? She said, I'm here. There's a snake. in the This cleaning lady discovered a snake in our little guest house. And I said, so what do you want me to do? She's <laughs> like, I want you to come determine if it's poisonous. You know, so yeah. that's what my point is about asking questions. So I looked. I was like, non-poisonous. But I think asking yourself that or being open to how you are. And we did a whole thing two podcasts ago about the sneaker preacher yeah. website. You know, if you're preaching the word and you're wearing $10,000 tennis shoes, it's just not a good look. But somebody needs to have that question mm-hmm. with that pastor. It's not wrong to have a nice pair of shoes, but if you wind up on a website, it just looks like there's a double standard when... I think in, to Jesus' point here, he just got through talking about eternal life, heaven and hell, not being ashamed of him, not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And some guy's like, hey, can you help me divide this family conflict and get my money? Mm-hmm. It's just, wait, what? You, your priorities, and, and you're not asking the right questions, yep. is yeah. what I was what getting I at. Think, I think, like you said, too, it's you know you have to do an inventory of, of inwardly of yourself, because everyone has different convictions and, and looked at things differently, right? So right. if someone gave you a million dollars, you might handle it differently than, than you might do it. And, you know, greed might look different, but you could have the money and it just be, you know, money. It's just, it's just a tool for you to use, but exactly. you could use it and, and, you know, all about either hoarding it or spending it on yourself or whatever. So there's, you know, it's all about conviction. Like if, if you have a lot of money, like money is not bad, you know, Jesus, you know, wants us to have that, but it's not, you know, I'm against the whole prosperity gospel, which I'm sure y'all are too. Yeah, but well, this um, seems to kind of fly in the face because because oh, when thing. we when we read the next section, he's going to get down there and he's like, "Go sell everything and give it to the poor." Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what he was saying. If you're getting your security from that money, and or you're getting your beauty, because that's the two illustrations he's going to use, and and I want to read it. You because when you think about it and go to the finish line, think about this: can money prolong your life no can it fix broken relationships no it, it actually causes more broken relationships than you could actually even attempt to fix can it if you get diagnosed with some disease you're like well we're going to go to every hospital we'll do everything 
some diseases or money is not going to fix that. So all the great tragedies of life, if you really are fair and honest, it's, it's not going to it's not going to fix those things. So if you were putting your security in having it, you see where you've gotten off here. And I think that's really his point when he says, I mean, your very life could be demanded to you this, this very night. Right. He just said, don't worry about the person who can kill the body, but kill the soul for eternity. So there, there's something that's not measuring up when you're looking at how much your bank account saying, oh, boy, I've, I've made it. You know, which, which at the heart, let's take our last break. Which at the heart of it, Jace, is exactly the parable. It's not that the guy is, Jesus says he's, it's a problem because he had a good crop. It's not a problem because he needed more places to store the crop. Mm-hmm. The, in fact, he has another parable where he says, if you just, take what you have and put it in the ground. You're not doing what I want you to do. I want you to grow that. So he's, he's not getting him for that. He's getting him for when he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do all this so I can take it easy mm-hmm. and just enjoy me. Mm-hmm. I just need some me time. I mean, that was his issue. Yeah. And he says the reason he was a fool is because his life was going to end that day. Well, and I think he thought he had done it. You know, He had done it. It was about him. Every good and perfect gift is from above. But unless your crop came in, and he right. thought, I'm just a better farmer than everybody. Right. So now I'm going to build some bigger barns, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to yeah. take it easy. Well, it's just all about him. But like, that's what I said. When all these tragedies come up in his life, then what? Or what if your life ends at night? Then, now what? Right. So that's why it's a lie. It's a it's a tool of the devil's workshop that is deceitful, and I think that's it's really in our society way more prevalent than anyone wants to admit. Right. I mean, uh, you know, somebody said, "Look, there's thousands that have been doomed because of sex or whatever," but there's tens of thousands over money and greed, because it really is a bigger driving force because it's so concealed and so deceitful. And people put their faith and trust in it every day. I think we should read, you know. Let's read that because we only have a few minutes left. The next response. So when we get to verse 22, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, and this is in the context of what it means to be rich towards God. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. So this is the first illustration. You know, the ravens, they don't have money. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And so here's the second second kind of illustration about the beauty. Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan, and I think here's a really key phrase, runs after these things. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get this idea of the two forms of greed, whether you're hoarding it or you're running after it. And your father knows what you need. Verse 31, but seek his kingdom 
and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's really a powerful, it is very profound, radical view of money and possessions that when you get through all the things going on in our life, it's really true. I mean, this is a true fact. None of that's going to add anything to your life. Worrying about it's not going to help. You're not going to be able to take it with you. You can't fix any of the big problems. And here he, he quite bluntly says, you don't think God's going to take care of you? And so then I think when you tie this passage in with verses like, you know, 1 Peter 2 about who we are, we're God's holy nation, uh, his possession, his, the word, the Greek word in there is for, tre- we're his treasure. Mm-hmm. It's just a slap in the face to think that you're going to put your faith and trust and run after these things when God is saying, what about me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? Where's your faith at? Right. No, I think it's good. And we mentioned before, it's an expansion. He continues to expand the idea that is that it's not just about money. It's about it's about a decision. It's about a heart. Um, a couple of things, the, a couple of Greek words here, one in 22 and then one in 29, it's interesting because the words worry, there's two different words here. The first one means distracted, and that's the more common one. Remember we studied in Luke 10 when Martha was worried about, he said, Martha, you're worried about too much stuff. And so that's kind of the distraction of worry. But that's interesting in 29, it's the only place in the New Testament, that word uh, in verse 29 that says, uh, do not worry about it. This is a different Greek word. uh, And the word here, it's the only time it's used. It means to be up in the air or suspended in space. That's what this word worry means. I don't even know how we would use it in English, but it's almost like someone compared to that was studying this, a scholar, that it's almost like he's saying worry to the point of being spaced out. Like in other words, to the point where that's you're so it's so heavy on you that that's all you can you know look to and look at, and you don't want to be out somewhere out in space. You got to be back into the moment. So it is interesting that in both of these definitions. He gives us the idea that when we worry, we move away from trust in God and what he's given us then to use and to have. And so you're right. He uses a lot of different illustrations. Well, I've, I've heard so many illustrations, about it, which are good. You know, uh, there was a book that I read about, you know, on this parable. And it was like, you know, the problem was the owner of the barns and all, he thought he was an owner and Jesus was showing him that he's just a tenant. Yeah. And he thought he was in control. And actually, he can't control any, anything. But in our end of it, look, this is great philosophically and spiritually. It's very hard to live this practically. Yeah. Because let's face it, we money is convenient. You can do more. I mean, Phil's always funny line. He's like, boy, I noticed the menu changed when the money, when we got a little money. You know, that's the yeah. first thing that changed. I said, what's the biggest change when y'all got rich? I said, the menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or mom, you know, I've been poor, I've been rich. Rich is better. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got a lot more to talk about. We just introduced a new thought into this idea of wealth. 
uh, and possessions, and we brought in the idea of worry. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, Christian's going to stay with us, and we'll talk more about this in overtime segment. If you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you can get our overtime material. So we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.